Everybody, my guest on the show today is Matt Ferguson, an expert in sales analytics and specifically helps sales leaders bring more predictability into their sales process. You're also a dad, a seasoned sales professional yourself. And as we're going to find out over the next 50 minutes, a lot more multifaceted to that introduction. So Matt, welcome to the show today. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. So Matt, where are you coming into us from today? I am in Phoenix, Arizona, where it's about to be, you know, 100 plus degrees for three or four straight months. God bless you. I'm in the Northeast and I'm from Minnesota originally, and I would die if I had to live in Phoenix. I do not like it hot. New York City in the summer <laughs> is bad enough for me. I could not deal with that crushing that crushing heat that happens when you walk out of your house and it just like hits you like a wall. That is my worst nightmare. I'll take 20 below over that anytime. Well, I, and, and what I always tell people about Phoenix is we're basically the opposite of you. So right now, because yeah. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, yeah. where you're like, is it ever going to get warm? When, I, <laughs> when we get yeah. to September or August or September, October, it's like, is it ever going to cool down? So it's like yeah. the exact opposite of what I grew up with. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it is so interesting. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. Man, I, I could do it. I would not be happy. So, Matt, we're going to talk about sales today. We're going to talk about all sorts of other things. So, I think we should just get right into it. So, first question for you: What is something that you nerd out about? And I'm going to take sales analytics off the table because I think a lot of people would say that that's nerdy and good nerdy. It's what you do. So, what's something besides sales analytics that you nerd out about? I, you might say I'm cheating when I say this, but I'm, I'm so gambling just became legal in Phoenix. So oh, I don't nice. know if you guys, do you guys, is it legal yet where you're at? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have, yeah. Here in New York state, we have some casinos. We have, there's some big casinos in Connecticut. It's yeah, it's legal. It's, I mean, it's, it's very regulated here. Like you don't walk into places and have slot machines in, in New York, right. but in Pennsylvania, which I live close to, you do. So there's a gas station you can walk in and it's got some cheesy slot machines. So what I'm fascinated with is, and and I'm not, I don't, I don't have a gambling problem because if if you knew the amount (laughs) that I betted, you'd actually make fun of me. Right. (laughs) It's it's amazing to try and beat the system because like, I love numbers and stuff so much. You know what I mean? So you sit there and you live bet and like a perfect example is, like the NBA, and the NBA is famous for teams getting down 20 points early, and then yep. they come back and they win at the end. So it's it's fun to sit there and watch what the live odds are. Take the team that is down 20 points, you know what I mean, and then end up hitting yeah. at the end. Um, oh, interesting. So are you a are you a are you a casino games gambler? Are you more like a sports book? What what's your poison? Just just sports. Sports book, yeah. Do you do any? Do you do any prop bets? Uh, the only thing. So I actually had a friend of mine reach out to me, and, and he's got this app that he's a he's an investor in called it's called Real Juice. So it, it it takes all your bets that you've ever made from your apps and it puts it in there. So it like has wow. all the analytics in there. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. when he told me when he told me about this app, it loaded all my information from uh FanDuel, Caesars, and DraftKings, yeah. 
and yeah. it put it in there and it showed me everything. That's okay? cool. So what I found out I was horrible at was parlays. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard enough to win one bet, but now you're trying to win two. Yeah. That's so, the odds are stacked against you for so badly on parlays. It's it's terrible. So when I threw that in there, I'm like, okay, so I'm only good at single game winners, you know, and I'm terrible at parlays. You know what I mean? So when I looked at that, I said, hey, this thing's like kind of cheating. So not to give a plug to Real Juice, but my friend will be happy I did that. Maybe. We, can we get Real Juice to sponsor this episode? Well, let, let's, let's hook it up. I'll, I'll, I'll call him and text him <laughs> right when I'm done and tell him. Yeah. I, I, before we move on from gambling, I think one of the things that I am amazed by, and the reason I ask about prop bets I was looking at a list of the prop bets for the Masters last weekend because we're recording. We're recording this on the Friday after the Masters. It's hilarious the things you can bet on, like the first golfer to put one in the water, or you know, I think Tiger was eight thousand to one. He obviously didn't even come close to winning because he was limping by the end. But just the amount of prop bets, but the things like the Super Bowl, like what color socks is, like you know, like uh, what color? What was it? What color? cleats to people have just hilarious stuff like who comes up with these prop bets and then people actually do them because they wouldn't be there if they didn't like people bet on these things it's hilarious so it's funny you bring up golf because the reason i moved from cleveland to phoenix was i was a golf professional at a club and i got an opportunity out here to work okay and i actually think my favorite thing to bet on is golf yeah because you can just sit there and take people at high odds and you never know what's going to happen that's right. The only problem, the only problem is I'm terrible at it. I'm oh, at betting on, on on who's going to win. I'm terrible, terrible at golf. The only person that I've won money on is actually Scotty Scheffler. Okay, he's good. And, yes, and I and at the beginning of each tournament, you know, it's pretty much the top guys are always plus nine hundred. Yeah. So in the for the Masters, I picked, you know, I picked five guys, and then I forgot who I even picked. Yeah. And I'm like, Friday, I'm looking in my bets, and I'm like, I had to have picked Scheffler. He's the only guy I've ever won on. And, of course, oh, I Oh, no. Matt. So, you win, you lose. <sighs> yeah. We got to go, gotta go uh, sell, some more, sell something else elsewhere to make it up. All right, so let's talk <laughs> about something that's inside of your comfort zone that might be outside of somebody else's. So, Matt, what is it that you like doing, you're good at, something you're like a heck yes to that you know other people are uh, – Nope, not going to do it, or this makes me very uncomfortable. I like to say that I almost think I could be the best in the world at walking into somebody's house or meeting somebody at the grocery store. That's a weird thing about me. I go to the grocery store every day, and I could strike up a conversation with anybody, and it seemed like we'd known each other for five years. That's so interesting. What's the... What's the secret? Is it is it strategy and tactics, or is it just a natural? Does it just come completely natural to you? I think it's because I, I've thought about this, right? Because it, I'll bet, yeah, it's just something I can do. Um, it's a superpower. And my dad has had his own painting and decorating business for forty years. Okay, and I and I and I like to say that I've been painting since I was could walk. You know, when all my other friends were on summer vacation, my dad would throw me and my brother in the truck and we'd have to go sand and paint all day. 
You know, and I, I said this has to be against child labor laws. I say that's child labor laws here. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's that way. You know what I mean? So like, I, I kind of grew up in other people's houses. You know what I mean? Doing work for them, and it just yeah. He was he's very good at it, and that's like something to say I'm pretty good at. Good thing that you're in sales. When you work with sales sales leaders, that would make a lot of sense, the profession that you chose. And also, I would think would be a very good thing to be able to do as a golf professional at a club. Because you have people coming up that taking lessons from you, you build that comfortability, that trust to them immediately. That's a really important thing as a as a as a golf pro as well. As a golf well, pro at a club. And being at a club, there is a lot of interesting people there. And yes. I always seem like I could, I could get along with the, the people that nobody liked. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> They're like, this, this member is kind of an a-hole, Matt. Can you go, can you go talk to me? You're like, yeah, no problem. That sounds great. <laughs> so this is, this is a funny story. And if you, if, 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 if he ever heard this, matter of fact, I might send this episode to him. Please. But we, I've worked at a club called Mirabel Golf Club that's in uh, way north Scottsdale. So if you know Scottsdale at all, it's all the way up Pima. It's right across the street from Desert Mountain, which is about as exclusive as it gets. And when we moved from Cleveland, we showed up the first day. Okay. And they had water to dip your towel in at the first hole, which is, I think it's pretty normal. But sure, you know, you wet, you wet your towel somewhere. We had a member pull up, and this is this is my first day, right? I'm over there and meeting people and this and that. And he put his towel in the water, and it was October, November, so it was a little bit chilly. And he said, "Matt, this this water is supposed to be warm. You know, this is cold. Now my hand and my towel is cold. You know, can you make sure that the the water is the temperature <laughs> to the to the cold?" So. That being said, I think you could take that one of two ways, right? But I made yeah. sure that that water, I make sure that that water, it almost became like a game. You know what I mean? I made sure that water yeah. was the perfect temperature at all time, and I knew when he was coming. And to this day, he is one of my favorite members. I've had dinner with him. I've been over to his house. There you go. So, you yeah, know. that's that's cool. That, that's funny. Other side of that question, what's something that you are uncomfortable with that you know that other people are comfortable with something you won't do something you say, Nope, or I really don't want to do this. And you know, other people are like, that's a big yes for me. So I've thought about this in, in, in getting into what I'm getting into at the moment, which is basically I'm starting my own coaching business, which I launched a couple of weeks ago. And for me, I have never been a big social media person ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I see yeah. stuff that people post online and I'm just like, I can't imagine doing that. You know what I mean? But I have had to get myself out there with, you know, what I'm teaching people, you know, and for me, I'll never forget. And when I saw somebody posting videos on LinkedIn, I was like, man, that's raw and it's really good, you know? And I was like, I was terrified to do it. Mm. And when I was recording the initial video for my website, I'd actually like to know how long it took me. It, it <clears> might have <throat> taken me two days to do, 
Yeah. And I finally got it and posted it. I mean, putting, doing that's one thing, you know, putting my stuff out to everybody else, like, I don't know, it was terrifying to me. <laughs> and I think some people are just used to that and some people aren't. Yeah. But as you do it and you do it more, you know what I mean? You realize, wow, I'm getting a lot of good feedback. It becomes easier. But I think that first time's the hardest, which you probably know. For sure. No, for sure. I, I'd like to offer to you and to everybody listening a pro tip around this. It's very common. Get over yourself. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, and you, you've, you've been in sales, you've managed salespeople. This happens for salespeople too. Oh, it's gotta be the certain way. This gotta be perfect. Get over yourself and get out and do it. And you're going to figure out your authentic style over time. This is, I do, I do a lot of communications coaching and this is a very common thing in public speaking. And even, even if you're not a public speaker, I mean, we're, we're public speaking right now. Like public speaking, you're on podcast. You've got, you're doing a video. To me, that's public speaking because you are publicly addressing it a lot. The best thing you can do is like get over yourself because most people aren't paying it. Most people, it, it is a funny topic. Most people don't actually care. No, you're right. I agree. It, 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 when, I, when I see people online, my general thought is, oh, it's really cool. They're putting themselves out there. I don't, I'm not looking for every little nitpicking or what's that little nugget of gold and like, oh, is the wording perfect? I mean, there probably are people like that. But those, my impression is the people that are nitpicky are also the people who aren't doing it themselves. But I, I agree. Like the people that criticize are, are sitting there and they're like, well, I think they're mad that they're not doing something. And it's like, exactly. oh, shout at this guy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. I think that's that's the the thing that I most good people, and this is how I see the world. And we'll, we're going to talk about how you see the world. Is when I see people putting themselves out there, I really want, like, when I see you out there, I want you to succeed. I don't want you to fail. And I, I think most of us see that when I when I see people putting their stuff out there, it's not always perfect, but I want people to succeed. And I think that's the thing. If you can think about. The people that care about me want me to succeed, and if I can get over myself, your stuff's one is just going to be more authentic, and it's just going to become easier. It's just a mindset thing, it's just a, and it's also just a practice thing. Right. I, I mean, I think the reason that I am, I, I'm very, I'm very honest. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's the reason that yeah. I've been successful in sales is like I'm honest, and and I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you I failed so many times. That's where most of my content comes from. You know, of course. I mean, it's like, yeah, I've been, I've been through hell, you know, and I just don't want you to do the same, do, do the same mistakes I've done over the years. Exactly. No, that's great. Well, well I want to encourage you and I'm sure you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. I'm it's, you know, we'll have some in the show late. Well, we'll put some of your stuff in the show notes, keep doing what you're doing. And over time, it just becomes easier. Just like anything else, just like go out there and swing in that club a hundred times. Although, I swung a golf club a thousands of time and it doesn't seem to be getting any easier because I'm not consistent and I don't do it enough. It's very sporadic, especially my putting. That's a different no, episode the, for a the, different the, time. <laughs> the, the, the problem with, the problem with go- golf is people think, oh, if I, if I just play and practice all the time, I get better. But the problem is they do it wrong all the time. So it, it doesn't exactly. get better. It usually gets worse. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So Matt, if I was to give you five minutes and you were able to deliver a message to the whole world, a big old audience of people, what would you talk to us about? And what would you want us to do with that information? In other words, what would be your call to action? I would, 
I would tell people that if they're in a disagreement or they can't believe what somebody did to them, or you know what I mean, they were on a certain view of something. I would just say take a breath, take a step back and look at it from both sides. Mm. Because it's like anything else. Something's usually not as good as it good as it is, or something's usually not as bad. It's usually somewhere in the middle. You, yeah, I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like, like some of the stuff, one of my favorite things to do, and this is a terrible habit, but I go to Yahoo. People make fun of me. Like I'll, I'll just I'll just see this crazy article on Yahoo. I won't even read it. Yeah. And I'll just send it. I'll send it in a text thread just to get like a reaction out of people. Oh, you're a troll. <laughs> We're outing you as a troll right here on the podcast. It's, it's not even like, it'll be hilarious. And it's always, it's always on COVID. You know what I mean? It'll be this crazy headline. Oh boy. And I <laughs> won't even read it. And I'll be like, Oh, look, look at this. We got another, you know, another, uh, I can't, a variant, another variant coming. You know what I mean? It's just, I, it's just funny to me. You know what Troublemaker. I mean? Troublemaker. And I think if you just step back and like, I even think about this with my wife and I, when we're fighting about something, you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, how is she seeing this? How's How am I seeing this? And then like, how do we compromise? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think like everything nowadays is like a hot take or like this crazy thing just to get like reactions out of people. Sure. And just, like, that's the way it's like our own fault. You know what I mean? People do it because they get clicks, they get, you know, likes, they get stuff like that. But it's like our whole world's turning into that. And yeah, I saw an, I saw an interesting, I forget what the book was, but it was on politics. And they took somebody that was like a Republican and somebody that was a Democrat, and they were actually reputable people. But what the what they figured out is like ESPN went to this you know, debate style and they got really good ratings out of it. So like they modeled, you know, the news out of that. So, you know, it's just, it's our own fault. It's what's everybody's doing. There's no money in the middle. (laughs) It's not interesting to be in the, I mean, really, I mean, well, there's no, there is no, I mean, there is money in the middle. There are some, I think quasi non-biased media outlets and such, but it's not interesting to most people. Like it's not, as most politicians aren't in the middle, most news right. channels aren't in the middle websites. There's not many in the middle. I mean, that's what sells is you. Well, and then that makes sense because that's your target audience. You can sell to a specific audience. The middle is like people that either don't either don't care enough and don't pay attention or they're open to open to a lot of things, which as an advert, if you follow the money, advertisers don't like those people because they're not obsessed with certain little things. It's, you're 100% make it easier to market right. to them. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're 100% it's, it's right. It's so interesting. And, and guess who doesn't watch the news? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so you just, you don't, I like it. I like it, Matt. You don't watch the news. You just troll people on text messages around. <laughs> I, I think you need to add me to these. I think you need to add me to your text messages just so I can, I like to observe. I don't, I don't, I don't wait into this. I don't wait into that. Just because I'm like, I just don't care. Like, I care about the issues, but I don't care about waiting. But I would love to see what your response, what people's responses are. I'm, I'm the guy who likes to sit back and watch the show. That's, that's funny. 
Right. But yeah, I what you said, the thing that really struck me is, man, imagine if everybody just took a step back and took a breath or three breaths or five breaths. You're in sales. You get some bad news on a deal. What do people do? Like you've managed, you've managed sales reps. Oh my God, we're not going to lose it. Like take a couple deep breaths. What's next? Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath when you're kid. Like, you know, I'm a parent. You're a parent. You got a toddler. I got a toddler. What are you doing? Or you're fighting with your spouse. Take a deep breath. Take a step back. What's next? I think the world would be a different place. And that's actually, and also biologically or physiologically, that's not how we're designed. As humans, we're designed to be able to quick reaction so that we can get away, get away from the scary saber-toothed tiger that's going to kill us, which is actually just we're mad at our spouse. <laughs> our brain's like, this is a fear thing. Let's let's get moving. I had I had a I had my first really good sales leader who's the best person I've still ever worked with. He he, he actually spoiled me because I can't. I've never found somebody as good as him, you know? Yeah. And I was, I mean, I'm an emotional, I'm an emotional person, right? <clears throat> and he, he would always, he was the most unemotional person I've ever met in my life. I, I, still very I stoic. people. Yeah. I, I would be like, you know, we could have the roof collapse, kill 10 of our reps. You know what I mean? And I'd run back and tell him this and he'd be like, he would he would be typing and he'd be looking at me, asking me what happened, and then he, and then he would process it and say, "Okay, um, let's get let's get on the phone with the recruiter. We need ten new. You know what I mean? Like that's just how he processed things. Yeah. And like I was the I was the opposite, so we were a good balance. Yeah. You know. But like what he taught me is, you know, take a take a breath, take twenty minutes, right, and then react. Versus just reacting because when you react right away, like I, I still do it. And I'm like, why, why did I do that? You know, <laughs> it feels good in the it, moment. It's instinctual. It, it feels good in the moment and it feels horrible, you know, later. Whereas if you just wait 20 minutes, your whole perspective kind of changes and you handle it better. Yeah, Absolutely. That's a, that's a good message. And it sounds like you were a good balance to him because I find that a little bit. I find it a little bit scary to be somebody who's that stoic and like prob- right into problem solve because sometimes as people we want to be heard or we, we actually want somebody in our emotion with us. But yeah, having that as a combination, that's a great combination in sales. All right, Matt, yeah. we're going to take a brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this. The Talking to Cool People podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell Coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. Matt, we are back. So what else do you want us to know about you? Let's spell out what we know about you so far. We know you're, an, we know you're a text messaging internet troll. That's the main thing I've taken away from our conversation so far. <laughs> kidding. Half kidding. Uh, golf, former, former golf professional. So you're, good, you're a golfer. 
you, I've mentioned you, I know you're a dad, you are a sales coach, work with, you're specifically work with sales leaders on predictability, which we talked about earlier. And we know that you are a very friendly person who can connect with almost anybody immediately. What else do you want us to know about you? Oh, I'll be honest. I am a pretty boring person. So... <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like I don't like, I, I like my, I like where I live. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a great backyard. We re, we redid the whole inside of our house. Right. So I actually just like working and being at home. <laughs> um, I don't, hmm. I don't really travel. Um, cause I don't, I don't like airports. I don't like big crowds. Um, you know, and, and realistically, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Is I I was always dead scared of cats. Of okay? cats, cats scared to death of them. Then I moved in this apartment complex, and my neighbor. I had a crazy neighbor, but he had this cat. This name was Crush, and I loved this cat. It was like a dog. You know what I mean? And, mm, and yeah. Oh me yeah. Being a, me being a single guy. Me being a single guy, I couldn't, I was never at home, so I couldn't really have a dog, but somebody was like, yeah, get a cat, you know? So then I got this cat. So then I ended up adopting a cat. Okay. What the cat taught me was I love this cat like anything. I still have him. Right. But I never thought I was going to get married and have kids. Right. And then when I, I got this cat, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. You know? Then I met my wife and got married. Then I had a kid, you know, and I always think back to myself, if I wouldn't have branched out and got that cat, you know what I mean? Would I have the life that I had today? Oh, that's I mean, mean, it's, that is funny. It's, it's, it's crazy to think about, but like, I always, I like trying like new things, you know what I mean? Just because like, if I wouldn't have got that cat, my whole life would be different you know, and it turned out the way that I, that I like. That's amazing. So the cat, what's the cat's name? Chet. Chet. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so Chet, the cat was the catalyst for your life as it is today. It really, it really was. I mean, there's a, I, but I, there's a lesson in that. There's a, there's a, the lesson that I hear in all of that, is the thing that you're this reminds me of Batman. You know, Batman is Batman because the thing that he was most afraid of as a child was bats. So right. it became the thing that he was afraid of, which is why he's dark and scary. So the lesson I hear there is that the thing that not the thing you're most afraid of, but the thing that you resist is sometimes the thing that makes it all possible. Well, and it's true, and and we both know Rory Vaden, right? But like yeah. one of the things and here's, a, here, here's another hilarious. So my wife and I redid the whole inside of our house, right? Everything. Moved out for four months, did the whole thing. Painted the walls off white. And for two years, we couldn't agree on what to put on the wall. So just nothing on the wall besides the TV, right? And you know the Buffalo story, which is similar to what we're talking about. Right where the buffalo yeah. in Colorado goes right into the storm because they get through it, 
they get through it. And when she heard this story, matter of fact, I, I, I told this in one of the groups we were in, um, my wife and I, my, my wife came to me and was like, Hey, I've been, I love that story that he told about the Buffalo. And here I've been looking at these pictures online. Um, what if we got these three pictures of the Buffalo and put them on our wall? Oh, nice. <laughs> right? So this wall yeah. right behind me, we have, we have that, but it's, it's true. Like you're always scared of something, but then when you do it, you're like, yeah. well, that wasn't that bad. That's right. You, you, know, what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So just, just do it. Yeah, just do it. I, I love that. Okay, Matt, so your turn to be host here. What would you like to ask me about that I can answer for you and for everybody listening? So I've been dabbling. I'll put you on the spot here. Please. I love it. It's where I live. That is inside my comfort zone. Be put on the spot. <laughs> I, I want to, I'm going to start. I've, well, I, I want to start a podcast of my own, right? And I yeah. know you have mm-hmm. a couple, a couple podcasts yeah. that you, you do. Yeah. What's the, what's your favorite, what's your favorite thing about it? And what's the thing you hate most about it? Uh, this is, an, oh, this is barely putting me on the spot. This is so easy. But, and what I mean by easy is that it's like top of mind for me. The thing I love the most about it is what we're doing right now, talking to awesome people about their lives, what they're up to. And for this podcast specifically is talking about people as whole, not just what they do. My listeners know this is not an expertise podcast. I have a podcast that's more of a business focused. People come on and talk about what they do and that I talk to like more startup people in that podcast. The whole premise of this podcast is that we want to get to know you, Matt, as uh, holistically. And what I get to do on this show is I get to do that with people that I don't know at all sometimes. Like I've never met them before we show up on the recording platform. I get to do that with people that I do know a little bit sometimes. And I get to do and I get to do that with people I know really well. For example, this is the third season of this show. My wife my wife was the first episode of this third season. So the person I know best in my life, and every single time I learn something, no matter how well or how little I know the person. And I'm always really present to how similar we all are, no matter what we do for professions, how similar human beings are, how, how much we all generally care about the same things. And it's not rocket science. So that's the best part. The word, I don't have a worst part. I really enjoy being a podcaster. For me, I guess the worst part, if I had to choose something would be the, a little bit of the tedium of the getting the process from here's Matt and I having a fun conversation to this is getting published out. Although with technology, it's act, it's not even that hard anymore. Right. You can do it all online. There's a lot of things you can do. I think there's that. And then there's just the production part of it where we have an audio recording. So here's the things that need to happen, whether you do it yourself. I do some of it myself. I have some a production company does some of it for me. There's still things I have to do. I still have to get the episode to somebody. Like It just doesn't magically... I don't have a whole team of people over here who magically take this recording and have it show up in four weeks on the networks and have it be perfect. There's some work I have to do as the as a host. That's the, that's the thing I like the least. But even that, I don't hate it. It's just... It's not why I do it. I do it so that I can do what I'm doing with you right now. Right. But it's definitely... There's some tedium there. But even that, it, it's still it's still pretty fun. 
to get to create show notes and what's the thing we're going to use as the promo video and let's get this onto social. And it's really fun when people write in or DM me and say, Hey, that was a really cool episode. I picked something up from Matt that I can use in my life. Walking away from listening to that, I'm going to take that thing that Matt shared and I'm actually going to do that today with my kids or in my business or whatever, I'm, or, or my, I'm going to get a cat. <laughs> I'm afraid of cats. I'm going to go get a cat. So <laughs> that's the, that's the thing that I, that that's my answer for you. That's what I got. I, I think in, in this journey, right. That, that we're both on, right. Where you, you like, I, I, I had been doing my outreach off a spreadsheet. You know what I mean? Just dabbling, dabbling in it. And then I'm like, okay, I got to get it. I got to get a tool to help me with this. You know what I mean? So yeah. then, so then you got to go through all these tedious things that drive you drive me nuts. Yeah. Like, why can't, why can't this just work? Then I got to get on the phone with this person and that person. Yeah. But once you get it set up and you do it the first time, like making a stupid change to my website, I'm, I'm just like, yeah. Oh my God, this is this. Why is this taking so long? But then once you do it a couple of times, it's like, all right, this is, this is pretty easy. Yeah. yeah technology has really made a lot of this stuff that used to be challenging, like website updates making sure audio sounds good between good equipment and good software, which there's a lot of it out there now. A lot right. of these things have been, a lot of these problems have pretty much been solved for do-it-yourselfers or you don't, you don't need a whole team of people anymore behind you. You can have a virtual assistant or something. So great question. Right. I've never been asked that before. I've, I've been asked why I do the show. I've been asked that, but I've never been asked what I like about it and what I don't. So thanks for the question, Matt. All right, right. Matt. So I, what are you passionate about? I'm I'm passionate about leadership, and the reason that I am is I think there's just so much bad leadership out there. You know what I mean? And part of part of and like I said before, I failed so much. You know what I mean? Especially in the beginning of my leadership career, is that I looked at everything subjectively. You know what I mean? So I looked at everything mm. emotionally. I looked at everything subjectively. And one of the things that my mentor always told me is, you know, you can't save everybody, <laughs> right? On a yeah, that's, team. A, You've been in that's great. That's great advice. Because I always thought, and, and I think this is part of the problem in, in sales, is that the same thing happens every time. You have a good sales rep that's really good at selling. And then they get promoted into leadership. Okay. Well, for one, it's two entirely different things and it's two entirely different skill sets. Okay. But most people do it because it makes sense. It's like, well, let's promote this person because he knows how to do it. But does he really getting into it for the right reasons? Right. Or is he getting into it just because he thinks that's the next step? You know yeah, what I mean? For so, sure. Yeah. When I first when I first got into it, I I, I said, "Well, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to teach people to do what I can do." Nope. But every I'm like, not how it works. I'm like, God, this is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I've told you 50 times this is the way to do it, and they're like, no. My my dad my dad's favorite my my dad's famous line is. I'm only going to tell you this one more time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and 
I, I just kept saying to myself, and it probably took me a year or two to figure this out. But I'm like, man, there's got to be a better way than this. You know what I mean? And when I flipped, when I changed my mindset, and there was a couple different reasons that I did this, from almost taking all the subjectivity out of it and making everything objective, right? And saying, and, and this starts at the interview process, which is, hey, this is how I'm going to score my interviews. This is how I'm going to pick who I'm going to choose, right? When I onboard somebody, I'm not going to say, hey, you're drinking from a fire hose, which is a famous line anytime you start a new job. The worst. It's like, it's like no, these are like the two or three things that you really have to know. And I'm going to make yeah. it simple. Then you're going to learn on the job. You know what I mean? And then it's, hey, this is exactly how you're going to be measured and why. Right. I think that's a huge problem that sales organizations make is they just give people a number and they have no reason behind it. And then nobody. Absolutely. And then they wonder why everybody is mad or quit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when you coach people, you coach off of metrics. You know what I mean? So I think when you get into leadership, I think it's easy to get overwhelmed because you don't really know where to start because. You came from being in sales, and what does every sales company have? Every sales company has a process of how to close a deal from start to finish. Yeah, well, any good company. But, but pretty much anywhere you go, there's a sales process, and yeah. hey, this is what it is. Yeah. You know what? What they don't have is, hey, here's how you should manage your team. You know what I mean? You just kind of get yeah. down to the wolves. Yeah. You get thrown to the wolves, you get overwhelmed, and then you're like, oh my God, I should just go back to selling because all I'm doing is helping people chase and close deals anyway. I'm not and making the potentially money. Potentially making less money. And it's, potentially it's, making less money because you're getting the average of all those people not controlling your own destiny. A hundred people, 100%. So, like, my, I just have been overwhelmed in positions before. And like, I just want to help people and be like, hey, it's actually not this hard. You just need to assist them just like you had a sales process to manage your team. So that way, you know, oh, my God, sales are down. Well, why are they down? Well, my team's not booking enough meetings. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do yeah. with the, your, their close. Their close percentage is the same. Right? right. Or, wow, our close percentage is really down. We're booking, we're booking all the meetings that we used to get. What's different this year than it was last year? You know what I mean? So it might be a right. product problem. Yeah. You don't know, but yeah. But you got it. You, you have to, like, and I teach people like structure versus pipeline. Most people are just stuck in the pipeline of, oh my God, what's coming in? What's going to close? What's going to do this? What's going to do that? It's like, no, if you, if you spend time on structure and setting up the game for your reps to win, you're actually usually ahead of your problems. You know what I mean? Instead of reacting yeah. to everything. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all of that. And I coach, I coach a lot of salespeople, but I don't coach them on this. And the, the thing I would give you on this too is, all the things you just outlined, you can do and still have your own authentic style as a salesperson. Correct. And that's the and that's what I think is one of the beauties of being in sales is you lay the foundation and then you get to be your most sales 
most of the best salespeople I know, when you meet them, you're like, you're really authentic to who you really are. And you've got the foundation and usually the foundation comes from good, good leadership, good management, knowing the expectations and say this to, and I know you coach leaders on sales leaders on this, you get those things right. Then your people feel they're actually, they do better, but they also like feel more fulfilled. So like, Hey, here's my expectations outside of just like, Oh, you need to close this thing. Sure. Sales, that's one-on-one. And what are the other expectations? How can we, and how can we make this a fulfilling career for you versus the reps that, because especially in this job market, when you're managing sales reps, it's not hard to find another job right now. That's going to pay them another dollar and sales reps go, Oh, it's a, I get one more dollar. So I'm out of here. And that's, and, and, and like, if that's all they got as a money, like you're always going to get outbid or they're going to come back. You have to counter them. So very right. cool. So, so Matt, what is the thing in your life that you are most proud of? I, it's, it's actually starting this coaching business, you know, um, mm. five, five years ago, well, was it, has it been five years? So five years ago, when I left um, my startup that we, I was with for five years, that we took from zero revenue to $10 million in annual revenue a year, I wanted to start my own thing. And I just didn't, I just didn't do it. You know, I, I, I used the excuse of, hey, I'm going to go to another startup and, and do it again. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And, and it just, I was too, I don't know if chicken was the word, but I didn't know. I kind of didn't know where to start. You know what I mean? And in my last five years, I've just realized that I have a lot that, you know, I can offer, you know what I mean? To help people on the experiences that I've been through and messed up. Sure. You know what I mean? And it, you just got to start somewhere, you know what I mean? And yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, and I'll try to get through this, but my brother passed away March 1st of last year. And sorry. when my, thank you. And when my uh, sister-in-law was cleaning out his car, she found a post-it note in his, uh, found a post-it note in his, right in his dash, right? And it said, small wins equals big wins. Mm. And she sent, she sent that, she took a picture of it and sent it in our family group thread. Right. And I started, I started thinking about that. Right. I'm like, small wins equals big wins. I'm like, he never, he never even mentioned this to me. You know what I mean? And we talked, so yeah. I, he, he lived in Cleveland. I live in Phoenix, but I would, he was a traveling salesman, uh, medical sales. And I walked my daughter early in the morning. I almost talked to him every morning. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, I can't believe that he never mentioned that. You know what I mean? We never talked about it. And Heather told me, you know, he, he writes these motivational notes in his car all the time, right? And he changed them from like week to week or week, a couple weeks to a couple weeks. And she thinks that was probably the last thing that he wrote. You know what I mean? Mm. And when I started thinking about small wins, eagles, big wins, I, I said, man, this is so true in everything in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you do, oh, yeah. If you just do the little things right every day, it just leads to something bigger. So 
I knew I was going to start my own thing. Um, you know, I just didn't know what, right. And as I, and as I thought about it, you know, and I, and I went through brand builders group, um, and they, they really helped me with that. You know what I mean? I just kept, I just kept plugging along. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do this tomorrow and I'm going to do this. And it, and it led to, you know, my website and, you know, I have four clients right now and just growing every single day. That's amazing. That is a good place for us to start to wrap up today. Nice, nice. Uh, you're setting me up for success here at the end, Matt. So as we wrap up here for today, how can the audience find you, connect with you, see what you're up to? I know we have sales leaders listening that are going to want to, they're going to want to connect with you and talk more about this. Where can people find you? And watch your videos. We're going we're gonna to create breakthroughs for you and them watching your videos. So how can people find you, Matt? So my website is at mattd, as in David, Ferguson.com. Um, on there, you can subscribe to my newsletter. So I post, most of everything I post is on LinkedIn. So you can find me on my LinkedIn page. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can subscribe to my newsletter where I send out a video a week um, on my newsletter. Excellent. We will put all of that in the show notes. People can easily connect to that. That'll be in the show notes here. So last thing, Matt, as we wrap up for today, I would love if you would leave us with some wisdom, words of wisdom, short and sweet. What do you have for us? I, I would say, although I've just been through it, you know what I mean? I just tell everybody, small wins equals big wins. That's the post-it yeah. note that my brother yeah, man. wrote that I have in my frame that I hang on my wall. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful, Matt. A small wins equal big equals big wins. He wanted you to, <laughs> well, it, I, I'm, I'm really present to um, the legacy of that being the last thing and now getting to share it with everybody who's listening. That's pretty cool. It, 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 it works. Um, and I've had so many people, you know, reach out to me and say, Hey, I have that on my board at home. Um, but just, man, if you're in a bad place, just do one thing, right. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? And so, going. Yeah. So true. Where, so true. Where, where can you get those small wins? Where can you get those? Yeah. When th- even when things are going well, where can you still get the small wins? Put a, this is the, that's the whole Navy seal thing, right? It's like make your bed in the morning and then that's right. the way you started out. Uh, I, I still haven't quite learned that lesson, but <laughs> That's a that's a whole podcast for another day. I, I love I love that book, Make Your Bed, and I do not make my beds. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I, I, blame, I blame it because my wife sleeps in longer than I do. Yeah, exactly. It's it's always a spouse's fault. Well, Matt, thank you for being on today. Thanks for your vulnerability. You know, condolences on your brother, and also very powerful way to wrap up the episode. Appreciate appreciate what you're doing as a. Former salesperson, but you know, I'm, I'm always a salesperson, wants to sell, at least for me, I love sales. Keep doing what you're doing. What you do is so, I think is so needed. Sales leaders need support that's not just their boss because their boss has the same agenda they have and having that external, external support to work on their craft and have that person is, uh, it's invaluable and it's worth every bit of time, money, energy, whatever that costs. So Matt, congratulations on that. Best wishes to you and the family. And we'll be talking again soon.
Thanks, Jason. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too.